Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Ernie Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger, more resilient, and far more capable of things than they believe in or are even told are possible. I'm your host, the man, the myth, the legend, your boy, the one, the only, Zach Kanadi. All right, welcome to the show, y'all. Hope you are having a marvelous day, uh, kicking ass, taking names, and taking souls, of da- as David Goggin says. And yeah, just living a great life, being you. That's really what the whole the whole goal is. But enough of that. Before we get into today's episode, I got a quick ask for you guys. It's really quite simple, but it is incredibly important. And that is, if you find anything in today's episode useful that you please implement it into your life okay that's the whole point of this episode of this podcast is to help you guys get better to live better lives and to be the best version of yourself that we all know is inside you okay even though the world tells you to just sit at home order doordash you know watch netflix and not do anything all day that's bullshit you're a better person than that you're a cooler person than that and you deserve a life of a person who does more than that. So that's what this show is here. Also, if you think somebody should hear this, if you got a friend or a family member that you think would benefit from today's episode or any episode for that matter, please do your boy a huge favor and share it with them. So that's the quick ask from me to y'all. And today, let's get into today's episode. All right. What the heck are we talking about? Well, you ever get that feeling where something's just kind of like wrong in your stomach and you're like, you know, you just kind of like feel off. You're a little grumpy, like you're doing things and things don't work. And then, you know, like you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to get yourself out of this funk, uh, you know, or like you think you ate something. So you take like a little aspirin, you know, maybe a little antacid or something. You go run around, but your stomach's just up in knots. And then finally, you know, like you go to the bathroom, you take a massive dump. And you just feel great, okay? Right? Everybody know that feeling? I know y'all do. Ladies, everybody knows you guys don't poop. Uh, but, man, I know for sure you guys be doing that. Or, like, you just kind of wake up in the morning or in the afternoon because I feel like most men are pretty regular dumpers. And you go and it's just you let it loose. You feel great afterwards. It's almost like It's almost like an orgasm when you have a good shit, when you take a good dump. And that's what today's episode is, except we're not actually taking about poops, as in taking shits in the toilet. We're talking about taking emotional dumps, okay? And this is real important because just like taking a dump, if we don't do it often enough or regularly, everything kind of bottles up and we get a lot of issues, you know, like we get emotional damage, people get closed off, uh, I think, and then things just end up piling up anyways. You start turtle-headed and then everything kind of just explodes and it, it's a big old giant mess, right? I think we all know somebody where that's happened. We bottle it up or, you know, they bottle it up, we bottle it up, whatever. And then life gets a little bit more stressful. And then, you know, we can start to see that the person is stressed and then, you know, but they're still chucking along. They're still doing it. 
and then like the, the smallest little thing goes in, you know, it, it's the straw that broke the camel's back and boom, they just freaking explode, right? We all know somebody like that. Oh, I guarantee you every single one of us has done that. I can tell you from personal experience, I've done that far more than I would like to admit, but it happens. People get emotionally constipated, okay? And then we also, everybody, we also all know people that have emotional diarrhea where they're just blabbing their life's problems away. They're always negative Nancy's complaints like, oh, I got stuck in traffic and uh, it was so horrible I broke a nail or, you know, so, you know, Sally didn't text me back last night and I don't know if she just doesn't like me or not or like, you know, it's like I didn't do anything wrong, man. Like, like I bought her flowers. I showed up at her doorstep, you know, every day this week but she just slammed the door in my face and, oh, man, like I, I just don't know. Like I really love this girl, Sally, but it's like, and we're just like, yo, first off, shut the fuck up. Second, these are your problems. And third, why are you having an emotional diarrhea at this moment? Right? Like what what's going on that you cannot contain yourself, bro? Or lady. Right? Like what's going on? And I think this is an important concept to understand because just like regular healthy bowel movements, we gotta have regular healthy emotional defecation. We'll use some fancy terminology here. Defecation. But just as in terms of our health, constipation and diarrhea are both bad, right? Like I work in a hospital. I'm going to be a dietitian here pretty soon. And both of those are actually quite horrible things. Um, constipation's bad because here's the scary part. It, when constipation gets bad enough, I did not know this until I was in the hospital, it can actually come back up where the food goes in, meaning you can vomit literal shit, right? Like all the poop that's in your colon, if you don't poop enough or you have something happen where it gets so backed up, it can literally come back out your mouth. You can throw up literal feces, okay? So we need to get this. And this is like when somebody who holds in all of their emotions for so long and then there's the straw that breaks the camel's back and they just explode. You know, maybe they get told by their boss or somebody makes a snark comment and they just <laughs> on the person and they're like, yo, yo, I, it, I didn't mean it. Chill the fuck out, right? Like we, all, we know what happens there. And diarrhea is also bad because it... Physically, it dehydrates you, right? Like it's very quick. You can actually die from diarrhea. It's usually like one of the big ways that a lot of people who don't have clean water or sustainable uh, food sources die because usually you get a, an infection and then you keep just dehydrating yourself. And while you can go three weeks without eating, you can only go about two days to maybe three days without drinking any water. And diarrhea actually like dispels tons of water. It pulls out a bunch of electrolytes. And if your electrolytes are off, it means your heart's not going to function right. You're going to be thinking weird. Uh, you're going to go, it's called hyponatremic or hypokalemic, uh, you know, hypophosphatemia. All these different electrolytes that we have in our body, we're going to get way too low levels of. And then our nerves are going to stop functioning correctly. You can get seizures. Like people can have these horrible things. You can even go into a coma. Like it's all bad news. 
and these are like, these would be the emotional version would be somebody who can't hold anything in, right? Like every single thing, no matter how little it is, just keeps coming out and they always feel like shit, right? Like they always feel like crap. And it's because quite literally, we're all full of it. We're all full of shit. We're all full of crap. And if we don't dispel that correctly, we're going to have a bad issue. Whether we just hold it all in until it explodes out and we vomit it up or, you know, you just have a massive dump. Or if you just can't keep any of it in and every single little thing that you take in or you deal with comes out and it's just like diarrhea, right? Like you just you just spew it out. Anybody who's near in your vicinity just gets shit on with your emotional problems. Both of them are horrible. Both of them are not healthy and both of them cause problems for not only us, but also anybody who's around us when things come out. So how do we have healthy emotional bowel movements? <laughs> Man, this is going to, this is one hell of an analogy we're talking about today and it's <laughs> it's hilarious, but I think it's very true. Like I've been thinking about this for a long time. Uh, this not that long, like about a week or so, but it's just been on my mind. And so I was like, well, this is what we're going to be talking about. But when we have healthy emotional bowel movements, we're just going to call them bowel movements. When you take a dump regularly and it's a healthy dump, it's actually really, really, really good. One, you feel lighter. Two, everything is moving and flowing and grooving how it's supposed to be. And four, you don't ever get you you don't get weighed down by things and the most i think probably like the most important one is you don't destroy or shit on the people around you with your emotional things and you know if you need some help you can do what's called pilot co-pilot you know and in the woods if anybody's ever heard of this this is where you actually have two toilets that are facing back to back and your dump buddies and usually you bring out one roll of toilet paper, one person uses it, and then the other person uses it. And then, you know, there's there's the real extreme way where you actually don't sit on a toilet. You just lean up against each other's backs and the other person is holding you up while you're holding them up. And then you both do your business and, you know, you both got the the toilet paper to clean yourselves up. But it's it's mutually supportive. Everybody gets their they're load out and it, it's it's just a good thing and i think having good emotional bowel movements it's it's critical to your health right because emotional health is honestly i think probably one of the cornerstones of our physical health our mental well-being and really, I think at the end of the day, it's why a lot of people aren't where they want to be in life because either they're constipated or they got diarrhea. I think we can we kind of see this in terms of societal trends as well. You know, I think constipation as a society would probably be the 1950s, you know, where it was everybody had to show the perfect image. You know, it was, it was competing with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, nobody could be, have... That's strange. Uh, my door just opened and closed on its own. There it goes again. All right. Well, Mr. Ghost, if you'd like to join the conversation, I'm going to ask that you just make yourself known and join the conversation rather than playing peekaboo. Um, 
So I'll just leave the invitation open to you, Mr. Ghost. Anyways, back to the conversation. Um, 1950s, right? So like people would just hold everything in. Everybody had to have the perfect image, you know, the perfect haircut, the perfect dress. Keeping up with the Joneses, you can never show weakness. It was frowned upon to show any sort of emotional disturbance because it was viewed as weakness. And I think partly that is coming back a little bit actually it's coming back in style and that's because today as a society we have emotional diarrhea everybody is so fucking emotional and everybody is so caught up in their feelings that they can't help but shit on everybody else around them right whether it be the latest social justice movement whether it be the latest you know first world problem that the person at starbucks wrote their name wrong or you know they they're stuck in traffic for an hour and it's absolute bullshit because why can't these motherfuckers drive? Um, everybody has emotional emotional diarrhea lately and frankly I think both of which are bad. Both are bad. It is bad to hold everything in. It's, it's destructive to hold everything and equally so it is bad to just have uncontrolled emotional like to have unregulated emotions just let them shit all over everybody around you and it makes you weak both of which make you weak holding everything in and never showing anything makes you weak as well as shitting on everybody else around you makes you weak and here's the reason why because in both cases you are not you are not in control of yourself you are on you are a slave to your emotions when you're constipated you're a slave to showing weakness and vulnerability and you're a slave to not letting anybody see and you're too strong you're too weak or you're not strong enough to show anything other than this armored fence and yet on the inside is a rotting tower and here in today's society what's going on is we've actually demolished the fence and we just show everybody our rotting tower instead of taking the time to go fix it and if we need some help to fix it going out and seeking a contractor or you know a friend to come help us clean up the shit show that we got in our rotting tower instead of what the healthy thing is is having the fence up right being letting having your emotions be controlled to a certain degree, not being ruled by them, and when your house is in disarray, actually taking the time to go in, clean up the mess, and if you can't clean it up by yourself, calling in a professional to come help you clean up the mess. Right? This is this is actually how we deal with emotions. This is how we actually can be observers of our emotions and not slaves to them. And the most fucked up part is I think society today and the media today actually wants us to have emotional diarrhea. Everything that we do, all the headlines you see are triggering, right? They're emotionally triggering. There's no longer any truth around it. And then everybody else is also too fucking soft to hear any sort of criticism or have anybody disagree with them. You cancel somebody else. Oh, just because you don't like the way somebody says right i think the biggest example is probably kanye right now and i'm not saying that what kanye has said is right actually what he's saying is quite horrendous he's generalizing an entire group of people that they're all horrible well i know quite a few jewish people and they're not bad people in fact they're pretty great people but instead of 
what's going on is everybody is now letting their emotions dictate this, right? They're, everybody's letting their emotions dictate their response to it instead of asking, okay, is Kanye trying to say something else? Is he trying to say that there are certain people in the world who happen to be Jewish that are in very high positions of power that are leading the world in their own benefit instead of the benefit for others? And it just so happens that the vast majority of them happen to be Jewish. Is that it? Or another example is two years ago during the whole George Floyd thing, right? Everybody was so, and police brutality in general, everybody is so in up in arms and outraged that another unarmed black man was killed that nobody begs to ask the question that, well, okay, what was the reason in the first place? What are both sides of the story, right? What is the officer's side of the story? Why did he feel that his life was in danger? Not that either is right or either is wrong, but we need to see both sides of the story because only then, because both sides are false. And But if we can't see both sides, we can never see the truth. We all know that there's actually three sides to every single story. There's your side, there's my side, and then there's what actually objectively happened. And there has to be three sides because we are fallible people. People are fallible. So if we can't dictate and see that, oh, yes, we also need to have some emotional control. We should not be dictated by our emotions. Just because you're tired does not mean you don't go work out today. Or just because you're tired does not mean you don't do what you promised and committed to doing. Yet also, just because you promise to do this does not mean that it's a bad thing to every great once in a while take off a day or regress just a little bit so that you can continue on longer in the long term. Right? There is what's called balance, meaning we have to have control and release. If we're going to continue with the bowel movements analogy, this is teaching toddlers to be potty trained or training an animal to be potty trained. When they're untrained, they shit wherever, they piss wherever. And you know what? We get pissed at them. And you know what? That we can't even be pissed at them because they don't know. That child does not know that they're supposed to go to the bathroom and poop or pee in the toilet. That dog does not know that they're supposed to go to the door and get your attention so that you can let them out so that they don't poop in the house. They don't know. It is up to us. It is up to our parents to train us to a certain degree. And if our parents don't train us, being we are adults and we are conscious, at a certain point it is it becomes our responsibility to train ourselves as to how to not shit all over the house, as to how to not shit on everybody around us. And I think a lot of people, especially a lot of us are probably more on, for the bigger issues are probably a lot more constipated than we are having diarrhea. We probably have a lot more constipation in society than diarrhea. And I can tell you this because it's the reason why most people don't actually do anything to better their lives. Most people are unwilling to do the hard work to make their lives better or to get out of the job that they fucking hate for more than 20 fucking years or after 20 years at a job that they hate. They're too afraid because they don't think that they are worth it. 
People think that they are so unvaluable that it's not worth their time and their energy to get themselves in a better state. Or they think that they're so fucked up as a person that every single time they fail, that's all they will ever be. Because when they were young, somebody told them that they were a fat piece of shit, or they're a failure, or that they would never get anywhere, that they would never accumulate to anything. And you know what? That is not fucking true. If somebody told you that, that's their own issues, they're having diarrhea, and they're shitting all over you. When people are mean to you or people tell you things that are mean to them, oftentimes it's that they are shitting on you with their own issues. Psychologically, this is called projection. They're projecting their problems onto you because personally they are constipated. They're unwilling to actually deal with their emotions and take a shit and take a dump and get the baggage out. And why is that? Why are people so emotionally constipated with themselves? Well, ask yourself that question. Why are you so terrified of facing your biggest demons? Why are you so terrified of letting people in and seeing you at your worst? Why won't you show your true colors and wear your heart on your sleeve and let the whole world see your rotting tower? And I mean truly see your rotting tower, not the bullshit problems that we all shit on everybody else with, right? Not all the farts that we leave, right? Not all the crop dusting that everybody does where it just kind of stinks, but there's no like real issue. It's just like leaves a foul taste in your mouth or a foul scent in your nose. Why do we all do that? Why? Why can't anybody actually be in control of their emotions enough to deal with their problems and regulate them and deal with their big demons? I'll give you two reasons. It fucking hurts and it's scary. Because our demons come from our most fucked up experiences in life and our biggest failures in life. Why do most people never go after their dreams? Because at one point, either they went after their dreams, they failed and somebody told them that that was all they will ever be. Or two, they had something traumatic happen to them and to face their biggest demons mean to a certain extent that they have to relive that trauma. If you're abused as a kid, if you've been sexually abused, if you went through emotional trauma and abuse, You have to face that demon, which means at some point you have to relive that experience to beat it. And that is scary because that event hurt and it sucked and it was not fun. But if you don't take a shit soon enough, you're going to be constipated and eventually you're going to vomit up that shit. And two, at the same time, you're going to continue to emotionally have diarrhea and shit on everybody else around you because you can't control all the little bubble overs that are happening. And this is a painful process. When you're constipated, taking a dump usually requires some laxatives. Okay, sometimes if it's a big dump, maybe you need somebody to hold your hand so you can push hard enough. Or you need to go pilot, co-pilot, and have a conversation with a friend or whoever if you had a big fight and you both said something with your significant other that hurt them and they said things that hurt you. You need to go pilot, co-pilot, and both of you need to take a shit together and realize that, oh, 
were both full of shit, but we supported ourselves while we were releasing our shit. We need to have emotion, healthy emotional bowel movements. Because if we don't, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if everybody just keeps shitting on everybody else and then with the big issues if they remain constipated? It's going to get passed down to our kids. And then our kids are going to see that that's the way of life. They're going to see that that's how we're supposed to do it. We're not actually supposed to let anybody see our true colors. We're never supposed to release all the demons that we have in us. We're not supposed to face them and overcome them and become actually the, in control of them instead of them in control of us. And when we have any little issues, because we're so busy trying to keep all this bullshit inside, we just shit on everybody else with all this little meaningless stuff. Because we're unwilling to face the big problems. And until we face the big problems, right, until we realize that it is now our responsibility to release the demons, to overcome the demons, and that nobody else can do it for us, we're going to continue to have issues holding them in. We're going to continue to be insecure. We're going to continue to be angry and bitter and sorrow. And we're going to continue to never progress in life. And we're just going to get worse and worse because the constipation is going to get more severe and more severe. Bedros Koulian, who is a badass man, he's an immigrant who came here. And now he's built an incredible life. If anybody's heard of the project for men... It's a company and it's a program, a 75-hour experience to turn. Um, basically, it's teaching yourself how to have a healthy emotional bowel movements. And essentially what they do is, um, well, actually, I won't tell you because you guys should look it up but to yourselves. It's quite impressive what they do. But uh, Bedros Kulian has a pretty great analogy for this. And it's what happens when we what why we all get this right and basically we all have this when we're born we have this beautiful eminent radiant bulb of light in us just this radiance right we all see the innocence and the beauty and the purity that children are and then life we have shit that happens in our life. Somebody bullies us. Somebody makes a mad comment. We go through some sort of hardship. And every time one of these things comes on, it's like putting a little cloth over this light. And the more impactful and the worse the thing that we go through on, the thicker and the bigger that cloth. And eventually, it gets covered up. Right? Eventually, this light source that we have gets covered up. And then the only way to actually un to re-experience that light source is we have to physically take off the cloths one at a time, multiple at a time, until we get back and we start to sh uh, see the light show shine through the claws again. And then eventually we take off enough of the claws and it's just the light again. But then here's the crazy thing, is that as we go through life, we have to continually remove these claws because things happen in life. We're never going to have an easy, perfect life. We're never going to have a life where we don't have bullshit to overcome. Okay? So life is always going to be adding these cloths back on. And it's our job, once we realize and understand how to take off the cloths, to regularly go and remove the claws that life wants to throw on our light. 
It's our job to regularly take an emotional dump, right? Because we feed ourselves. And every time we have to feed ourselves, we can't use everything that we eat from our food. So we produce fecal matter. So we produce and we have to take a dump to get rid of it. So we're not emotionally constipated, right? We have to do this every so often, Okay, and some people need to do it more often than others. Some people have to take four or five poops for a month straight, and then they can take four or five poops a day for a month straight, and then they can only take one every couple days. Or some weird people, they can take one once a week, and it's still normal, it's still healthy. They're not backed up, they're not constipated. They actually have a free moving digestive system, right? And some people, they have a lot of claws covering their light. And so they need to do a lot of work for a really long time to uncover their light again so that they can see some of the light and it's not just a room of darkness. And then what's crazy, what's really crazy about this is when we start to uncover our light, when we start to clear some of our emotional constipation, we physically get lighter, right? Our light shines brighter. And then other people sense that we're physically lighter and then they see our light shining brighter. And then since all they see is darkness, they're like, oh, wow. You know, Jerome over there actually, you know, he, his house looks pretty bright now. He's shining pretty bright. That dude looks fucking radiant. Like they just come back from the Bahamas or something or like the spa you know, it, do you like see the touch of God or something? Or like, like what, what's going on? What's your skincare routine like, bro? How's that your skin, that radiance? Where's that glow coming from? Or, you know, you, you see them maybe in athletic endeavor and they just see in life and they just seem lighter. Life isn't weighing them down so much. It's not like you can't quite put your finger on it, right? You can't quite point to it, but you know they're just lighter, you sense it and then you know yo dude like you just your vibe was just kind of heavy and now now it's not it's light it's free it's airy it's bright what you been doing like what's going like what's going on in life man like did you just win the lottery and when our light shines bright and when we're lighter physically right other people notice it and it prompts them to ask themselves well i wonder if that's possible for me Jerome did it, Chris did it, Susie did it, Eliza did it, why can't I do it, right, maybe I can do that, I've been kind of feeling like I've been heavy lately, like I got a dark gloom, I got a cloud over me, how do I get that done, and there's actually a couple ways we can do this that we actually, we don't even need an analogy for, you guys can probably think about this, I think probably the best one especially now and especially after COVID, everybody's been so isolated, is actually form and connect with real people in person, not online, not, you know, just texting them back to forth or Snapchatting them or sending memes. No, like sit down at minimum a phone call, if not face to face with somebody and have a real honest to God fucking conversation with them. Connect with somebody Break bread with somebody. Share a meal. Have some emotional connection with them. Because sometimes 
we're carrying all this emotional weight and we don't even quite realize we're carrying it. But then as soon as we connect with somebody, we realize that, oh, I don't, I'm not actually alone. There's somebody else in this world and we can just, we don't even have to dump it on them. We don't have to go pilot, co-pilot. We can just kind of release it on our own. Another one is sometimes maybe maybe you're trying to release it. You know that you got some emotional shit you need to get rid of, but every time you go in for whatever reason, you can't quite muster up the courage to face it, and so you need somebody to go with you. Well, in that case, you probably need to go to therapy. You probably need to seek out some professional help that is more than just a friend. Because And sometimes friends aren't always... The ideal, granted, there. I think for probably about ninety percent of most people's issues, for it to get to a bearable point where we're not just weighed down like a ton of bricks, having friends and actually being open and honest with them is probably one of the best things that people can do. And the great thing is, is when you have friends, sometimes you don't even have to talk about the emotional baggage. Just having real genuine connection with somebody and having a real conversation with a person can be plenty of it it can be plenty of it like that can be the to go back to the analogy that can be the laxative that just kind of lets you let loose it just makes it easier to release things you don't even have to do it with them you can go home later right like that conversation's a laxative and then boom you go home later and you can actually deal with it it, but sometimes that doesn't work or there, there's more to release than just what our friends can help us with. And at that point, we need to go to therapy because those people, their whole job, a therapist's whole job is to teach you how to not only release, but overcome, work with, and regulate your emotions. And they're supposed to do so in an unbiased or minimally biased way. And sometimes that unbiased opinion is best. Because when we talk to friends or family members, they already have a view of us. right? They know us as this version of ourselves or that version of ourselves or from 10 years ago. You know, if you're childhood friends. And they still see us in that version where sometimes a therapist who's unbiased just sees you as you are they don't know about your past they don't know who you are other than what they tell them what you tell them and it's actually their job to read between the lines of what you're saying and they can teach you how to regulate your emotions they can be there with you and show you that look dude you can actually just let go and it's not quite so scary to face these demons on your own in fact when you go to face them i'm going to be here with you I'm just going to hold space for you to sit here and face them. And we can just face them by just turning to them, or we can face them by going on and going to full-fledged war with them. right? And they can give you techniques to do on your own. And when those demons attack you or you get surprised by them, they can give you techniques that, oh, you know what? Yeah, I got, I got surprised today. They kind of they snuck up on me and ambushed me a little bit. I got a panic attack. But... Because my homeboy, my therapist over there, my homegirl, my therapist over there, they showed me this this sweet Brazilian jiu-jitsu move that, you know, I just flipped that motherfucker on his head. And yeah, they ambushed me, but I, I dealt with it just like that. Just boom. I dealt with it. I know what to do. 
My demons can ambush me and I know what to do. I know how to flip them motherfuckers on their head so that they can't knock me over. Right? That's that's what we can do. That's what therapists are great for. And then I think there's another way that ideally we just all learn how to do this on our own to a certain degree. And that is journaling of some sort. Whether it be, I think writing it out it tends to be the best because there's something about putting words to paper and having to articulate them in a coherent way, right? This is why when we just think about things and we don't actually express it, uh, it, it's so hard and oftentimes it doesn't work and sometimes it can even make it worse. And that's because when it's in our mind, it's it's not necessarily articulate. Like We're not necessarily making it make sense. It's just these raw emotions and when we make it articulate what what we're forcing our brain to do is we're actually forcing our logical brain to turn on we're forcing our front our prefrontal cortex and our neocortex to turn on and work with our reptilian and our limbic brain and this is so critically important because if we don't do that our limbic brain and our reptilian brain kind of takes over and it doesn't we don't have a way to let it uh what's what's the word it's hard to put words to emotion sometimes right and so that's why when we do that we're actually making it into a real thing versus just letting these thoughts run around in our mind it's just stewing in there. It's just brewing. And we're never quite making sense of it. We never quite understand what is this emotion actually trying to tell me? Why am I so afraid to take the next step? Why don't I be- see myself as a disciplined person to do what I need to do? Why don't I see myself as worthy to take care of my health? Why don't I see myself as worthy to go chase my dreams? Why don't I see myself as worthy to go ask out that person? And why don't I think I deserve to be happy? Right? And if we just ask those questions and we just keep them in our head, A, they never get answered, and B, they're never quite clear because they're all just emotions. They're all just this mixing pot and bath of sensations. So journaling, and I think actually writing it out pen to paper, not typing, not just voice journaling, but handwriting it out is probably the best way to get it out. And that would just be like, you regularly go into the bathroom every day. I journal every single day for 10 minutes. I don't have any rules about what I journal about. Usually, I just let whatever is on my mind come out. And I just write it. And usually, I'll just start with what I have going on for the day. And then I try not to think or force anything. So then I start writing about how I feel about that. If I have a big meeting that day, am I nervous? Do I feel prepared, right? Like, do I think I'm ready? Do I think I deserve to have this meeting go well? And I can tell you, by doing this regularly and by just letting my thoughts and my feelings be put into words and into articulate sentences, I've had so many breakthroughs. I've dealt with so much emotional baggage that before I used to walk around with panic attacks, 
I've actually been able to change who, how I view myself, right? Like I no longer view myself as that weak little kid that you, that was afraid of roller coasters that couldn't go on roller coasters or that couldn't have a sleepover without crying for my mommy as a little kid. I don't view myself as that anymore because I've gone through and I've released the emotional baggage. So my call to action for you guys is to do that is to either talk to a friend, just have an honest to God conversation, like a real conversation to them, with them. Go see a therapist if that's too scary to actually confront it on your own. Or I think what's probably the easiest is start getting some sort of regular journaling practice, whether that's every day, whether that's once a week, whether that's once a month and you just sit down for hours and do it and you just do like a big old, you know, take a big giant dump or you take lots of little dumps, however you want to do it, I think you should do that. So that's my emo- that's my call for you guys. And my question is, when was the last time you took a healthy shit? When was the last time you took a healthy dump that actually felt good? So that is the episode for today, but I do have a recipe for you guys. I do have a recipe, and this is another one from Thanksgiving because it's just so damn good, okay? And so the last time I did a Thanksgiving one, I gave you guys my stovetop green bean casserole recipe. Well, the other fabulous dish that I made, and I I would give you Murph's recipes that he used, but I I can't for two reasons. One, I don't know them, and two, they're not quite mine to give. So I can't give you the recipe for that Oh, God sent pumpkin pie. Murph, if you listen to this, just know I I still have dreams about that pumpkin pie. I don't know why it was so damn good, but it was freaking delicious. And also the turkey, I don't totally remember everything that went on it. Again, those are Murph's recipes to give, so I cannot give them. But the other side dish that I made was sauteed Brussels sprouts with uh, bacon bits. And so I want to tell you guys what to do and how to make that. So what we're going to need is we're going to need one pound of bacon and we're going to need one pound of Brussels sprouts. All right. And so the first thing we're going to do is you're going to um, chop up all your pieces of bacon. Okay. So we want to do like, I'd say like quarter to half inch squares. Um, And we're going to do the same thing with our Brussels sprouts. All our Brussels sprouts, we're gonna chop them in half or in quarters, whichever one you like. I personally think uh, half is better, uh, but you can cut them up however you want. I would not suggest doing holes just because it takes a lot longer to cook and you don't quite get the same crispiness that we're going after with this. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna prep it all up. So we're gonna chop up our bacon into little ha- uh, quarter to half inch to inch squares. It's really whatever you want. But we don't want to do whole pieces with this. We want it to be bite-sized to some degree. And we're going to chop up our Brussels sprouts. And then we're going to take a half to a quarter. Uh, I can take a half to a whole onion. And we're going to mince it up. Okay, so that means about a quarter, like an eighth to a quarter of an inch. So really, really quite small. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to turn our, our pan. We're all going to cook it in one pan, okay? We're going to turn our pan, our skillet, onto a medium to slightly above medium heat and cook our bacon. Now for this one, normally I would suggest doing a leaner 
cut of bacon where there's less fat. But for this one, excuse me, I actually suggest doing a, excuse me, a little bit higher amount of fat than less. And the reason being is because we're going to cook our Brussels sprouts in the bacon grease. So we're being very we're being very resourceful here. There's going to be absolutely zero waste in this product. It is not very healthy, but it is freaking delicious. So cook up your bacon and don't make it super crispy yet. We want it to just be cooked so like the edges are crisping up, but the inside is still just a little bit chewy. And then I want you to take, if you have like a slotted spoon or like a slotted spatula, try and drain that bacon. Keep all the grease that you can inside the pan. We're going to set those off on a plate with some paper towels so that they can dry off, okay? And then with all the grease in there, we're going to put our uh, minced onions and our Brussels sprouts in there. And we're going to put on some freshly cracked pepper. I would suggest Himalayan, pink Himalayan sea salt, just a little bit, maybe like a couple dashes. We don't need a lot. Um, the reason we want, actually Part of the reason we want salt is it's going to help kind of pull out some of those juices and it's going to help saute up those Brussels sprouts a little bit better. So you're going to get a little bit crispier because we're pulling those juice, those juices out of the vegetables. And then we're going to throw in a little paprika, cayenne pepper, and then just a dash, just a very small amount of cinnamon and nutmeg. And if you want, you can add some other seasonings. And then we're going to saute those up. And then when they get about three quarters of the way done, and you're going to know that they're getting done because we're going to start getting... Uh, some of the edges on the Brussels sprouts are going to start curling back. We're going to start having some browning marks on there. But if you were to take one out and taste it, it's still going to be kind of crunchy. So that should be about you know eight to twelve minutes, depending on uh, your how you're cooking it and how much you're moving it around. I would suggest mixing these around probably every thirty seconds to a minute or so, uh, or every minute or so, just so that we're moving them we're not just burning one side of it and it's going to help so that we coat them in the bacon grease so that they cook a little bit better they fry a little bit better and they get crispier all around and then once we're about three quarters of the way done we're going to add the bacon back into there and remember we want it it should already be chopped up in bits but if it wasn't um, then we're going to have it, have it chopped up in bits and we're going to put it in there and then you can add a little bit more seasoning. I personally like think this dish is good with a little bit more paprika and cayenne pepper and some uh, fresh cracked black pepper than anything in there. But we also, I think good additives are just a little bit of cinnamon and just a little bit of nutmeg. It kind of brings out more of that, those smoky undertones. And it so we, we have some complimentary flavors to that heat with the cayenne pepper and the paprika. And then we're gonna keep mixing them up. Should we only be about another two or three minutes? And that'll be it. And you're gonna serve them freshly hot. Uh, piping hot on the plate is best. And how you know that they're done is they should be what's called al dente. So we don't want the Brussels sprouts to be mushy or burnt, but we also don't want them to be like raw where we there's like a <laughs> crunch to them so you want there to be like a little bit of a snap when you bite in but the outside is just a little bit crispy you can kind of get into like just a little bit of a mushy part where you can bite in that's soft and then the still the very inside still has some turgor some rigidity 
This is called al dente. Think of really good pasta noodles, right? They're not just like mush in your mouth, but they're also not hard like when they're dry still. They got just a little bit of that al dente-ness to them. I'm not really sure how else to explain it. So that is the episode, guys. Uh, and there is the recipe. So go out this week, today, hell, and take a good dump. You know, maybe you only need five or ten minutes to take the dump. Maybe you have a really, you've been constipated for a really, really long time. You need like an hour, two, maybe even three hours. But go out, take a dump, and take a regular healthy dump. So with that, guys, I really hope you got some value out of today's episode. If you did, I ask that you implement it in your life. Take some dumps regularly. And if you think somebody else needs to take a dump and they're kind of questioning how, share this episode with them. Give them this information. <laughs> and help them to take healthy emotional dumps and poops so that we aren't shitting on everybody around us and that we're not constipated either. So go out, guys. Kick ass. Take some names. Be the best version of yourself. But most importantly, y'all, go out and earn a good day. Peace.